Good afternoon, sir. Uh, can I help you? Good afternoon. I'm Professor Charles Xavier. I was invited to come here to Silverstone by a mysterious summons. I expect it's my arch-nemesis Magneto somewhere behind it all. I wouldn't know anything about that, sir. I'm afraid I missed your last three films. <laughs> the wife has a phobia about mutant superheroes. <laughs> Although she reckons that that Wolverine might be quite handy in the garden, on account of those fingers of his. Uh, well, sir, the, the, the other gentlemen are waiting for you down at the starting line. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Who might you be? Charles Xavier, founder of the X-Men. Is that some sort of transgender organization? Not the most politically correct of titles, if it is. And you? I am Dave Ross, former supreme leader of the Daleks. I would shake your hand, but as you can see, I only have the one spare. And I am Dr. Strangelove. Pleased to make your acquaintance. We've no idea why we've been invited here. You? It's a mystery to me. And to me! My apologies. Is that who I think it is? I think we're about to learn why we've been summoned here. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for coming here today. Let me tell you what is going to happen. You will answer my questions. You will answer them carefully and precisely. He's getting geeked out again. Could you just tell us why we're here? I have a theory I wish to test. That being? That I am the fastest scientist on wheels. Ridiculous. Preposterous madness! You will find that impossible to prove. I have 50 quid on myself with Patty Power that's as otherwise. Uh, if, if you're all ready, gentlemen, uh, I'll, I'll have the flag at the ready. Okay, let's burn rubber, gentlemen. On your marks. It's it. Go! Beat my smoke. So long, suckers. See you in another dimension. Richard Usher Podcast, assorted audio antics from Larynx Productions, written and presented by Richard Usher. Welcome to the fifth edition of what I hope is a fairly unique podcast. I'm Richard Usher, and in this flaming June edition, I'll be taking you on another air-conditioned journey through time, with some twistery takes on landmark events. We'll be stopping to take a break at the services on the M40, and you can lend an ear to the grumblings of our resident Master of Mirth, Ben Bernard. If you're a new listener, and haven't the foggiest notion what all this is about, well, join the club. Let's ease you in with a relatively recent bit of twistery. Back in June of 2013, the press were all over a story about the tripling of attempts by fraudsters to steal people's bank cards and pin codes, while they were using cash machines across the UK. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh dear, that's wrong. Oh dear, oh dear. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not that either. Oh dear, oh now, dear. it's something to do with my sister's birthday. 
Or, um, hang on a moment, was it, was it our anniversary? Come on, love, speed it up, will ya? Oh, sorry, dear. I'm having trouble remembering my pin number. Won't give you a minute. That, that, and... Oh, what's the last two numbers? Oh, for crying out loud. Look, when I robbed you last week, it was four and two. Oh, of course it was. That was the year that Bert and me got engaged. He took me up the Locarno. Now, come on, hurry up, missus. I've got other people to rob, you know. You see, nothing to it really, is there? Or perhaps a swift break is required. Well, back on the 4th of June in the same year, there was a big announcement in the news regarding the opening of the first pub at a motorway services on the M40, with a licence to serve alcohol from 8 in the morning. Gives a whole new meaning to the idea of getting tanked up. (laughs) You've got to hand it to them, Nigel. Uh, You'd never know as you sit here in this lovely leather armchair, uh, surrounded by shelves of books, uh, that you were in a a motorway service station, what? (laughs) Well, I must say, it's a splendid improvement on meat pies and gravy. At least we can enjoy a a liquid lunch at the services that isn't tea or coffee. Mm. Or soup. Don't forget the soup. (laughs) Cock-a-leaky. Yes, yes, terribly bad for you. (laughs) Now, there are those naysayers who would suggest that drivers are are silly eggs and having a pub at the services would make them drink and drive. Nanny state. (laughs) (laughs) Well, quite. I mean... If I want to enjoy a, a macaroon or three and a, a G&T, plenty of ice, plenty of lemon, <laughs> well, that's not to say Humphreys will indulge himself too. Good man, your Humphreys. Best two for money can buy. Yes, yes, and besides, you can buy the old hooch at, at any number of reputable hotels at motorway services, don't you know? Nothing new there. No, no, nothing new. I once went to an hotel where they had a very good drink-driving policy. You popped your keys down in a bowl as you went in, and then a frightfully friendly group of people invited you up to their room once the bar had closed. Can't remember much after that. Live and let live. If a, if a sherabang of holiday makers or rugby fans uh, wish to indulge in a, a few stiff drinks, then the right premises must be provided for them. Otherwise, your, your Bentley is showered with empty cans of red stripe as you trundle by in the old fast lane. <laughs> I'm all for it. Twenty-four hour drinking and a full English breakfast served whenever the fancy takes you. <laughs> Plus marvellous views of the great unwashed going about their commuting. <laughs> Another GMT, Sir James? <laughs> oh, rather. Oh, what, what's this? A, a waiter? Oh, pardon me, gentlemen. Uh, could I interest you in a year's membership to the AA? How dare you, sir? What are you suggesting? <laughs> My friend and I are virtually teetotal. <laughs> now, fetch me a gin and a three-gallon jerry can of premium unleaded and less of the lip. <laughs> You're listening to the Richard Usher podcast. You poor soul. Now, let's imagine that your PIN code is 1844. Well, that would give you access to our next bit of twistery. Back on the 6th of June in that very year, George Williams founded the Young Men's Christian Association. It was a great success initially. 
initially. Get it? No? Oh well. Um, hello? Ah, another one, George. Well, well, what's that, my dear? Sure, fellow, shabby, looks like he needs a bath. Over there, by the door. A bath? By the door? Good Lord, the scoundrel. Where's me blunderbuss? <laughs> oh, God, nobody wants to help. Dear me, oh. young man, there's oh. no need to feel down. She said it. <laughs> young man. Oh. Pick yourself up off the ground. Young man? Yes? Because you're new in town, there's no need to be unhappy. Absolutely, young man. There's a place you can go, young man, when you're short on your dough. You, you can stay there, and I'm sure you'll find many ways to have a good time. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Where, where, where is this place? Right here, of course. The Young Men's Christian Association. My word, yes. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. <laughs> Sorry? I said it's fun to stay at the YMCA. <laughs> we have everything for you men to enjoy. Uh, yes, you can hang out with all the boys. But if we get raided, uh, mum's the word. <laughs> George! Quatermass and the Pit, a thriller serial for television by Nigel Starring Andre Moribund as Professor Bernard Quatermass. Hello? Hello? Can anyone hear me out there? Hello? 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 Yeah. People really dig my comedy. <clears throat> Speaking of comedy, uh, there's a certain stand-up comic we have to check in with. Uh, the legend that is Ben Bernard. Log off Ben Bernard. Series 3. Episode 5. Van Damme. I'm glad to be back on terra firma. I'm stressed out beyond belief. I, I need a large vat of chamomile tea and a, and a long soak in the tub. But last night I was uh, I was emceeing at a charity night for homeless Bulgarians in Stalingrad, and narrowly escaped with my life. There was this daft ape who's uh, he's modelled his act on the late Ronnie Corbett's armchair routine. Calls himself Calvin Recline. Any room. I introduce this wazzock, uh, and he sits there in this inflatable chair he got from the pound shop, and uh, he starts in on his act. Three Eastern European immigrants walk into a bar and start work. Have you ever been hit by a flying bottle of Star of Praman? Eee, them checks know how to make glassware. Ooh. As for today's little fiasco, uh, well, well, actually, it was, it was a little fiat... And I do mean was. My latest uh, driving protégé, Anisha, was a reversing around the corner. A lovely manoeuvre when this daft pillock in a pink Fiat came flying along the road, chattering away on his mobile phone and reloading his e-ciggy. Of course, 
He fails to see anything on account of his vaping and uh, has to skid around us before making a surprise call on the local Jehovah's Witness Hall. If only they'd had a watchtower, eh? <laughs> well, uh, that was one thing, and uh, now on my way home, I've had to run the slalom that is White Van Central. Chuffing Van zigzagged all over the shop. Number 13, loft conversion. 23, new driveway. Number four, double glazing. Ooh, and ruddy nervous Neville, the plumber with a twitch. He's gone into the corner shop to buy a Yorkie and a packet of Rizzlers, and left his van half on the pavement, half on the road, with the engine running and the doors open. I reckon the Stig would have had a job to get round this lot. Now, I could have got my own back by letting their tyres down or something like that, but then that would cause other people problems. So I've done the next best thing. I've left abusive notes on each windscreen pertaining to be from the other van drivers. <laughs> hey up. Second out. Round one. <laughs> van Damme was written, performed, edited and produced by Richard Usher. Blog Off Ben Bernard is a Larynx production. Still with us? Well done. The Richard Usher podcast for June, and back on the 9th of June in 1781, a key figure in the world of engineering was born. I refer, of course, to the railway pioneer, George Stevenson. I say, this is all very interesting. Such an intriguing bit of architecture. Buildings on a raised sort of stage, facing one another. Mm. Mm. Joined by that wooden bridge back there. Hang about. That chap looks official. Let's ask him what it's all about. Uh, pardon me, sir. My wife and I were just looking at these new buildings. Uh, we find it extremely interesting, the way they're uh, raised on these sort of uh, the, the, the platform things. Uh, what's it all in aid of? Ah, yes, sir, ma'am. That's hitting the nail on the head, is that? <laughs> this is the uh, proposed ticket office for what they're going to call the railway, sir. It's some newfangled transportation idea, apparently. <laughs> Way above my pay grade. <laughs> idea is that some great new engine will be invented, powered by steam, so they say, sir. Oh, there'll be navvies and folks digging, and there'll be folks protesting for years to come as they tear up the countryside and lay down these long metal lines for the things to run along on. People like me will have a job with a whistle... And a flag and a bumptious attitude. I'll be full of my own self-importance, sir. <laughs> Golly, we've not heard a thing about it, have we, Florence? No, indeed. <laughs> well, that's not surprising, sir. It's not been invented yet, you see. This will go down in history as the only time something on the railways was well planned. Now, if you'll excuse me... I've just got to make my inaugural announcement, uh, something we hope will become a tradition for many a year to come. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we apologise for the delay of the railway. 
This is due to the quaint arrival of George Stevenson. We all can have the trains invented and running by 1825. The calendar of any British summer is full of sporting events, which is generally why I look forward to the British winter. One of the great British traditions began on the 10th of June in 1829. Yes, the first Oxford-Cambridge boat race took place at Henley-on-Thames. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Henley-on-Thames for this most sporting of events, a boat race challenge. This fixture is not to be confused with the comedy boat race contest which features girding and other facial contortions. And there they go. Charles Merivale's Cambridge team in their light blue colours enter the These Cambridge lads must enjoy a good education and I'll bet this has certainly taught them a lesson. We're just awaiting the Oxford team in the dark blue making some final preparations. Okay, chaps, this is it. Time to show those Cambridge oinks just what we're made of, eh? <laughs> now, remember what Coach said just before he ran away to sea? Plenty of superfoods, and we'll have the upper hand. Break open your cans of spinach, chaps. <laughs> I say... What an odd sensation! Oh my gosh! <laughs> my word! Oxford are super keen! Here they are! <laughs> From a British tradition to an important event on the US calendar, the election of the President. Well, a tenuous link, perhaps. Uh, but back on the 13th of June, 1789, the first American president was served the first bowl of ice cream during a dinner given by the wife of the first Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton. Hey, this story is quite a scoop. A most delightful first course. And a pleasing dinner party, Mrs. Hamilton. Why, thank you, General Washington. Sorry, Mr. President. That's mighty kind. The soup was prepared from my old English recipe book. English? Huh. I spit on all things English. Darn it. My last tooth. Oh, dear. Well, shall we move on to the main course? It had better not be English. No, sir. It's a luscious, juicy steak. Cut from purebred American cattle. I can't have steak. I've no teeth left for chewing. Perhaps some tea? Tea? English tea? Perhaps some dessert? This is ice cream. It's no... My gums! My gums! Okay, that's it. Last piece. Lower away, fellas. Okay, 
all these uh, bits of copper and uh, steel. Uh, but all the instructions are uh, are in French, so uh, what are we going to do? Beats me, buddy. Well, there must be a logic to it all. Sure, sure. I guess the head bone's connected to the neck bone. And the neck bone's connected to the shoulder bone. And the shoulder bone's connected to the back bone. Two clowns. Quit the song and dance routine and get on with your work. What a liberty. You're locked into the Richard Usher podcast. If you've got the key, could you get one cut for me as well, please? Well, you heard there how the Statue of Liberty arrived in New York City aboard the French ship Isier on the 17th of June in 1885. And of course, a bit of musical tomfoolery ensued. Speaking of musical tomfoolery, British theatre gave birth to a new genre of entertainment with the arrival of the Rocky Horror Show at the Royal Court Theatre on the 19th of June, 1973. To whom shall I dedicate this autograph? Oh, no, sorry. I, I, I'm just looking for some directions. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find the Royal Court Theatre. Ah, easy, dear boy. It's in Sloan Square. Ah, but, but how do I get there on foot? Eh? I, I, I mean, how do I walk to Sloan Square? Oh, that's simple. It's just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. With your hand on your hips. You bring your knees in tight. But it's, it's the, the pelvic, pelvic thrust. They really drive you in. Taxi! Richard O'Brien's The Rocky Horror Show, making its debut on the 19th of June in 1973. Around 464 years earlier, theatre of a different kind was taking place in Westminster Abbey, as history witnessed the coronation of King Henry VIII alongside his new bride, Catherine of Aragon, on the 24th of June, 1509. I now learn the great crown of the kings of England. No bother. Stupid elf. Be more careful, boy. Sorry, Your Eminence. I now learn the misshapen great crown of the kings of England. Long live the king! Long live the king! His noble majesty shall now speak the nine oaths of kingship. Nine? There are nine oaths? I think we'll take those as read. Next. Uh, uh, Yes, of course, your majesty. Thy noble head shall now be anointed with... Most sacred holy oil. Trust you. Your Majesty is worth it. Oh, very well. Towel, what's next? Gifts, Your Majesty, gifts. Excellent. On tonight's altar we have a suit of armor, a royal bed warmer. Five vouchers for ye bridal world. 
with 10% off all wedding dresses. Why would I need five? Uh, a fondue set. Already have three. A, a crystal decanter and four goblets. A cuddly toy. Yes, yes, whatever. A giant axe and blade sharpening kit. Finally, something useful. And that brings us to the close of another podcast experience. All except for this final bit of twistery from the 25th of June, 2013, when it was announced by the outgoing Governor of the Bank of England, Sir Mervyn King, that Jane Austen, the author, might be in line to replace Charles Darwin on the £10 note, competing with other notable figures for the honour. Ta-ta. And you are? Jane. And where do you travel from, Jane? Basingstoke. And how old are you, Jane? Uh, 238. Okay, away you go. <coughs> it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of good fortune must be in want of a wife. However, little known the feelings or views of such a man may be on his first entering a neighbourhood, <laughs> this truth is so well fixed in the minds of the surrounding families. Sorry, I, I found it a little too um, female. Trite trash, I call it. Jenny? Yeah, I like your style, but it's a little twee, so it's a, it's a no from me. Ken? Well, Jean, uh, nice though it is, it still doesn't have that uh, magic uh, that you'd need to get yourself opposite Her Majesty, so I'm afraid it's a no from me too. <laughs> Who do we have next? And you are? I'm Branwell, and uh, these are my sisters Anne, Charlotte, and Emily, and we are the Brontes! You have been enduring the award avoiding Richard Usher podcast. Written, performed, edited, and produced by Richard Usher. Jazz comedy theme courtesy of bensound.com. The Richard Usher Podcast is a Larynx production.